Hello, welcome back everyone. I'm Alex. I'm Ian. And you are listening to the Win Lose Watch List podcast, the show where we have a curated list of the top 250 movies, bottom 250 movies, and anything in between, and choose a movie at random, leaving our sanity to fate. Ian? Yep. How you doing? <laughs> oh, I'm doing okay. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited to talk about it. Uh, after uh, last week's episode with the piano, a pianist, uh, it's pretty heavy. I, I definitely needed a, a refresh. Yeah, it's definitely nice to have a refreshing week after uh, both The Pianist and preceding that, Loquisha. <laughs> yeah, uh, this this was a nice one. <laughs> yeah, so what have, uh, what all, before we hop into everything, what all have you been up to? How have you been doing? Uh, I've been doing okay, you know, still, still in the midst of quarantine, uh, other than working and... Uh, I have been playing. I got Animal Crossing. Oh um, my god, you got Animal Crossing! I did too. Dude, I've been playing a little bit of that since me and I'm my girlfriend terrified. can't. Since me and my girlfriend oh. can't see each other, uh, we had an Animal Crossing date. <laughs> oh, you guys went to the museum? Dated, yeah, we went to the museum. It's nice. Yeah, I'm absolutely terrified to for next week when I finally get to see my amount of time played on Animal Crossing. Because I it's even, over twenty hours. I haven't played that much. I downloaded it. Um, got to where I like, I got a little bit far, and then I was gonna go to her, uh, her island on the plane, and then it was like, you can't do that today. You gotta wait till tomorrow. And then I set the uh. time forward, <laughs> and then <laughs> went... <laughs> that's all uh. I've played. I literally haven't actually played the game. Oh really? Yeah. Well, my entire life has been Animal Crossing. Uh, <laughs> besides working, of course, I have to work from home. So anytime I'm not working, I'm either playing Animal Crossing or watching something. I've also managed to watch like three extra movies. <laughs> Yeah, I watched. Uh, God, what what did I watched? Stop making sense, which is a live concert from the Talking Heads, which is very good. Definitely recommend that hmm. you watch that at some yeah. point. I, I, uh, I probably will. I watched Hot Rod, which oh. I don't think it's been said live on this podcast, but this is a, officially a Hot Rod Stan podcast. Yes, absolutely. It's it's definitely my favorite <laughs> comedy movie. <laughs> It's one. I have it as one of my top four films on Letterbox. It's, yeah, me too. Since I watched it back, maybe, and I would believe twenty thirteen, it's been one of my favorite movies. <laughs> I love since. that movie. <laughs> <laughs> and then I also watched this Pete Davidson movie that was on Hulu. How was it? It was that? called The Age of Adolescence. Eh, it's all right. Uh, a lot of people compare it to Superbad, but that's only because it has teenagers doing drugs and drinking. It's yeah. like, it's more of a condemnation of the kind of character. That you often see even in real life where they sort of hang around high school and still go to high school parties and whatnot. They're like, man, I hated high school, but they still can't get out of like those high school glory days. Yeah. That it's more of a damnation of that kind of character rather than this raunchy comedy where so much wacky stuff happens. Yeah. I actually quite like Pete Davidson in it, though. He was, uh, I typically don't like him on SNL. But I really liked him in that movie. Yeah, I feel like he could. He, I can like you can kind of tell that he's could. Pro, is, wait, wait, so is it a comedy or a? Drama? It's a. I mean, I laughed, but it's less of a comedy, and I would say I would honestly call it a character piece. Realistically, is it new? Is it the new one? It came out in twenty twenty, I believe. Yeah, <clears throat> uh, yeah. I feel like he could be a good like actor. <laughs> I can imagine it. Yeah. 
from what I understand, he's a pretty troubled person as it is outside of like. Yeah, I think that's why he gets all the all the girls because he's got that like <laughs> he's got a lot of like dead inside eyes. You know, he's like you can tell he's like been through some stuff. He's damaged. Yeah, my uh, my girlfriend was talking with me. She's kind of like on a big Pete Davidson kick, and that's why we watched it. It's uh, she's been watching tons of interviews with him, and like he he'll do so much LSD that he has to go to a doctor to sort of like rebalance his entire system so that he can do more LSD. <laughs> so he's definitely uh, had a few rough turns. So it's nice to see that he's doing well acting. Yeah. Yeah. Good for him. I, I, huh. I might that's, watch it. That's about nearly everything I've watched. Yeah, I know. I haven't watched anything. I've been watching Westworld on TV, but, uh, yeah. uh, it's it's inc- the new season just started. And it's incredible, but other than that, I think I saw you say it's like one of the best episodes of television you've ever seen. Yeah, I've episode seen two was really really good. Uh, yeah, not to date this show too much. I guess. <laughs> it's a good show. Huh. <laughs> all right. Do you want right. to jump right into yeah, it? So, uh, the movie that we watched this week is a little movie where like a young boy befriends like a uh, a powerful but gentle. Uh, visitor, and uh, it's not oh, Big oh, Hero is, Six. Is it, is it How to Train Your Dragon? No, it's not How to Train Your Dragon. It's not Big Hero Six. Um, is it Pokemon? He has an only his only parent. Um, I mean, he has a single parent. Um, not ET. <laughs> oh, it's not ET. Damn, not I was about ET, to say it was, no. I thought it might have been ET. No, it's not How to Train Your Dragon. It's not Bumblebee. Uh, <laughs> is it the spinoff Groot and Rocket? raccoon movie from guardians of the galaxy it is not but it does star vin diesel it's oh. iron man nope uh oh. iron giant the iron giant <laughs> based i do believe the... it's based on the book called the iron man right? yeah it is i also yeah. little fun trivia found out that uh homeboy what the uh <laughs> singer the lead of uh the who Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Pete Townsend. Yeah, P- yeah. He uh, he wrote like a album that's like a musical based on the book because it was originally going to be a musical before the it came out. It was going to be a musical made by him, but then it just ended up being an album, and then they made it into a movie. Pre- pretty much my only knowledge of this movie going into it was that I had watched it as a kid. I think I stated that on the last show that I had watched it as a kid. I remember liking it as a kid. But I have no memory of it other than just what the giant looked like. And I think that's just more or less from a media sense that I've seen it outside of yeah. the movie since Ready then. Player One. <laughs> oh, that's a good movie, yeah. Yeah, he's in that. <laughs> no, I never watched Ready Player One. You didn't watch Ready Player One? <laughs> no. But yeah, it was. this was my first time watching it again. And uh, I believe it, the story credit is to Brad Bird, and he's also the director. Yeah, because it takes Which, it takes a lot of leaps from the source material from the book. Yeah, the the thing about Brad Bird is he's kind of that like he has a really good way of crafting a story that is both approachable for children and also very approachable for adults as yeah, well. Definitely without this... towing a line in between. It's there's a certain level of craft to that that I will never be able to understand. Like there's always gonna be some sort of a a harder edge to something that I ever put out there that wouldn't be accessible for children yeah that, that's if true. it is accessible for children it's not accessible for adults and i think it's crazy that he's able to accomplish that so well yeah i i think i would probably i probably would never be never be able to write something exclusively for kids or i guess i could but like 
but it's it, impressive. It would be very hard without it coming off as trite. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but uh, overall, what did you think of the movie? I really liked it. Um, <clears throat> I thought there was there was a lot of great animation with it, like the entire design oh, of the giant dude. itself. Yeah, and the is uh, incredible. The fact I love the animation of it because it's like a, it's traditionally animated, and it was like yeah, right it's like at that the 2D animation, but it does have that like little bit of 3D animation when it comes to the giant. Yeah, the giant, which the, I think works really effectively. It, it does. For the it movie. shows like because he's like from out of this world and like stuff, so it's yeah. like. It, does, it makes him pop more, but it doesn't seem unnatural like you think it might. Like, you don't really notice if you don't know that. Like, I guess I guess you could, but it's not super noticeable. Like, it, it yeah. works really well and isn't distracting that he's animated differently. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I do. I, I, this movie, watching this again, made me really miss uh, that traditional style of animation, hand hand-drawn animation. Yeah, I had that thought a lot throughout it. A lot of orchestral music, like... There's a lot of orchestral music in movies today, but it was more of that sort of like classic Hollywood sort of orchestral music that was throughout it. And yeah. That sort of like struck a struck a chord with me that I didn't expect it to. Yeah, and it takes place in like in, in Rockwell in 1957. Uh, yeah. So and, and so there's also some like bopping hits from that from 1957 <laughs> that I was. Well, and, I, and I think what really makes the movie. Is to what I assume will be timeless is it's that classic structure, and we had, we had joked about it at the top of the show that it's you have a character that is maybe misunderstood and whatnot, and they befriend another character that cannot talk and is nothing like them in general, right. and can often be hated by the people around them. And when you have this dynamic of two characters, one of which can speak and the other which can't, and you have to use body language and other ways of writing that. It makes for such a rich story, and as you tell, like a lot of the movies that we had named at the top of the show, very loved films. Yeah, well, and it, yeah, it's it's common because it's an archetype that is that we like. It, like as yeah. a society, it makes it's it moves us. Like I don't think it's it's so similar to those movies because he like the director had like seen him. I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure E.T. Was it definitely draws a lot of influence yeah. from E.T. Yeah, I'm sure E.T. It was, yeah, there was definitely a lot of influence from E.T. But I also think E.T., I, I don't, I can't name them necessarily, but I'm sure a lot of these, like, like structures for storytelling exist in, like, mythology. Like, these are yeah. reoccurring, uh, like, uh, like, I mean, it's, it's and, essentially a man and his dog, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, except. Or a boy. You'll dog, have yeah. some added. You'll have some added things on it where sometimes it's an alien, and then you have the story element where people come in to try to take the the quote unquote dog away. Yeah. Or it's just when you have a character that isn't speaking that you're able to latch onto emotionally, the way that the main character does. I think it makes for a much richer storytelling experience. Yeah. Just especially an, when it comes to animated films. Uh, unconventional friendships, basically, is the theme of right. all this. All of those. Um, yeah, but I think it, it, it's common because it, it moves us and it works and it's, uh, it's something we like to see. It's a structure that like, it, it, I don't know. I really love this movie. I, I didn't mention yeah. that I, I saw, I've seen it. I used to like it a lot when I was a kid, but I also like, I just have terrible memory in general. So I didn't remember a lot of it in high school. 
in science class on like a free day we watched it uh <laughs> but I, I like i didn't pay as much attention but watching it now after having like more of an appreciation for film and mm-hmm. for like movies and actually understanding the subtext of like the time like the cold war and all of that like paranoia like as a kid i definitely didn't i to, it could there's have, no way you can know that as a kid. yeah it could have just been a fictional timeline uh, <laughs> Which is actually pretty funny because you even have that you have that same sentiment in the movie, where it's one of those first scenes in Hog Hug, and that's what I will Hog do. Hug, that's what I will call him throughout the rest of the show because Ogarth is too hard for me to remember. Uh, <laughs> Hog Hug's talking with all of his classmates and they're sort of ragging on him for being a nerd, and while they're not paying attention in class, you have this like safety thing going. On. It's like don't get hit by the bombs or some song like that yeah just there's potential it, nuclear warfare yeah i mean the and context is not everywhere in this movie like, yeah and they're just not paying attention to it and that's the same way that it's like being a kid you're like what's going on with this who cares about this yeah and i'm gonna hang with my kid i want to hang with my friends yeah and there's like the line where like one of the kids the most a kid it, it does show the difference between the children in the movie and the adults where there's definitely a lot of paranoia like in the from the adults and yeah. you can see the Cold War tension. You can feel the Cold War tension in the movie at times. Um, and then, but like the kids are either like that, like not paying serious attention to it, or the kid at the beginning is just like, uh, whatever it is, it's probably like, we just need to bomb it to smithereens, like whatever the yeah. thing fell in. So they just have like, kids do that. They just like, he's, pro- he's saying, or he's saying whatever his parents think also. <laughs> like you right. can t- feel that too. And then on top of that, too, I had another thought that it's, like, on a metatextual level, right? So this movie came out in 1999. Um, it we're sort of, It's sort of setting into the 80s nostalgia era then, right? Yeah. And then, so in the 80s, there's a lot of 50s nostalgia, and so on and so forth. It goes back forever, right? Yeah. And it sort of uses the structure of taking this E.T. movie, where it's, like, E.T., but in the 50s. And it sort of pushes away and rejects that 80s nostalgia to show sort of this paranoia and terror of the 50s with the same story structure of a beloved 80s film. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's really interesting to take that because you don't see as much sort of rejecting of nostalgia in a lot of movies. And it may not have been intended even but is looking back on it and seeing that that i think it's very it's very astute yeah i mean yeah i guess the book i i know the book also takes place in 1957 but the mm-hmm. like all the like the the context behind it and like the cold war stuff is a, is not as he, like heavily in it i mm-hmm. don't think like it's have you read the book before no but i did read a little bit about gotcha. it uh you've read a little bit about yeah, it yeah i've read a little bit about it um because i've seen that the well, just I'll talk about this when we talk about yeah. this. Yeah, I think <laughs> yeah, they, but yeah, they change. I think the book is also called The Iron Giant in the U.S. I think yeah. in mainly to avoid like the copyright from Marvel. Um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because you need to. I I did see that there was a lot of troubles between um, Brad Bird and the producers throughout the making of this movie, and even to the point where like this movie was a complete flop in the box office despite being very critically acclaimed yeah yeah it was a flop oh, Pete townshed was also a producer too oh really yeah i can see that. um but yeah i guess i i definitely 
really like the movie. To do like a quick, uh, we haven't really described the plot of the movie that well. Yeah, so I'll let you a, cover the plot. A quick non-spoiler run through. All right. So basically, it's about a boy named Hog Hug, and he is <laughs> he is nine years old, and he lives alone with his ma because his dad is like dead, or he abandoned them, or both. Not I don't really know. said, is it? <laughs> no, his room's available for rent, though. Yeah, he, he has his room's available for rent, and his mom's like working all the time as a waitress, you know, struggling to make ends meet and keep her son safe and happy enough that he doesn't resent her more and you know all you know the fun stuff the light the light yeah, subtext class- themes you know classic hollywood children's movie <laughs> always just like a missing parent and like a, a, a the parents the other parent you just kind of feel sad for you know that's all right that she's like always like working and stuff because he sits at home alone at night eating twinkies for dinner that's another thing is that i relate to hog hug especially <laughs> as a kid uh like as a kid, he was, that was me. Like I, you know, I. I as a uh, kid, that's still you now. You have the worst diet. Yeah, in, in, yeah. You know, any human being on this planet. You know, he's has. staying at home, staying at home. You know, watching watching movies and filling Twinkies up with whipped cream, and then eating <laughs> with more <laughs> whip or Cool Whip. Like, what, what's it called? They really don't have enough. Yeah, he, and, and then, then Hogarth. The, Hog hug. Hog hug is like, uh, yo ma, uh, I'm, uh, he, oh wait, no, he's watching the movie. Then like it starts cutting out. He goes, he's like, oh, I gotta go up on the roof, see what's going on. Uh, his antenna's bitten off. And then he's like, oh, who did that? And he follows tracks into the woods and, uh, he finds this big old iron dude. His name's the iron giant. Uh, <laughs> we also, they assume it's a, it's a, like he corrects someone that says it and says he, but this thing doesn't have yeah. genitalia. It's yeah. not in no, any way, shape or form. Uh, and then Hog is like running away. And then, oh, this is another thing. He hears the iron giant like screaming in pain. And I'm going to say one thing. His scream, like Vin Diesel. The sound design's incredible. Yeah. Vin Diesel. I, I don't, I can't confirm this, but I believe Vin Diesel recorded his lines in a ho- in a empty water tank, water uh, tower. Oh, that's cool. Like so, you can hear kind of like the echo of it. And uh, if that's true, if that's true, that's really cool. The sound design—that like, was one thing that was incredible—was the sound design of the giant. I actually wish that I would been a, I would be able to watch this in theaters again. Yeah. Because I bet that would sound so menacing in the theaters because even just listening to my headphones i could feel it but i was like man yeah i'm surrounded by speakers right now this would be incredible his his like his cry is like it it feels he's like screaming while he's getting dazed and it's like it feels like something dark and dormant within him is pushing out of him (laughs) and it's just making a noise it's just a noise of pure suffering and pain yeah and so he's trapped up in those wires yeah right Hog, uh, hog hug is like Oh man, I got conscious. He sounds pain. He's getting tased over there. So, yeah, it's uh, so then he runs over, and uh, there's like a big switch. Which uh, there's no giant ass analog switches anymore, <laughs> and there's no way some hog hug sized boy is pulling that switch either. <laughs> he puts all his weight onto it, flips it from on to off. Uh, Iron Giant passes. He like falls backwards, knocked out. Uh, then is that it? He just run. Then Hogg runs away. I think. <laughs> I think. I think Hogg runs away because uh, people start driving up, or I think yeah. his mom drives and finds yeah. him. Yeah. So his yeah and, the, yeah, and and that's that's sort of the beginning slash premise of the movie, right? Yeah. Like, 
yeah giant giant iron boy well comes okay. crashing in yeah and then he and, and then he like helps him he brings some metal so he can feed it to our boy our favorite little metal alien and uh yeah. guess what he wants to be hog hog hogar hog hugs friend <laughs> hogger hogan hoggins <laughs> <laughs> yeah so then they just kind of bond you know like he's like he realizes because that he's friendly that he saved him yeah yeah or he saved it yeah the the iron giant he's got like the switch that broke off and he's like you saved my life uh, now we're friends except he doesn't well say he didn't that. say that he, he more or less said <laughs> he says rock tree <laughs> <laughs> no and he also calls the tree a rock oh uh, yeah <laughs> which which we're sort of playing this very coy but it's it's very it's very well set up. Yeah, okay. Right? I'll, I'll stop doing the synopsis like this. Genuinely. <laughs> Genuinely. I, I did. It, mar- I marked down exactly. They meet 10 minutes into the movie. It does not waste time. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, it's a very, it is a very efficient screenplay. It is. It's, I, I, this movie is, it's short and it's sweet and it's simple. And that's, I, that's why I like it. It's just really full of heart and it doesn't waste your time it's just like yeah a, a nice little story um what was um what, so there's two editions of this movie i have come to find ooh. out which one did you watch i watched the is it i forget what it's called special version or whatever the it has i think it has like one extra scene and it's yeah like, i think there's two extra scenes maybe maybe yeah it's did you did you watch it with the dream sequence like his... no i watched i watched the uh the regular the hour 26 version there's one that's an hour and twenty six minutes, and there's one that's an hour and thirty. Essentially, is what I saw. Yeah. So you. I meant so to watch didn't... the hour and thirty one, but I uh, by the time that I rented it, I realized that wasn't it. And I was like, well, I'm not about to drop four more bucks and go through the process of refunding this. So I was like, I'm just gonna hope Ian watched it and he can speak to that. Yeah, I can. I can talk about that. Okay. Um. Yeah. Well, basically, what you missed is a dream sequence in the special edition. There's a dream sequence included. Uh of the iron giant he has a dream at night um oh that's cool and i guess that sort of speaks more towards that whole sort of existentialist conversation that they had it shows i i kind of don't want to talk about this until we cover more of the movie and stuff okay we'll we'll talk about it in spoilers well yeah if you want to hear that go watch the movie and and then you'll be able to listen to the spoilers or don't watch the movie and listen to the spoilers anyway you should watch the movie it's it's a great like (laughs) even you just want to say screw it and go to spoilers. Yeah, we can go to spoilers. Uh, yeah. If you haven't Watch watched this, this movie. movie it's it, an hour and 26 minutes. It's it's short and it's like, even like, I don't, I, w- I don't normally, en- I wouldn't actively watch a kid's movie uh, like alone. <laughs> uh, but this, Kids movies are, be- are sort of beneath me. Yeah, they're beneath me. No, I just mean most, <laughs> most of the time I like. I don't know. I would like, obviously. I'm sort of above movies. children's movies. I'm too tall to ride those rides, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's an incredible. It's an incredible. It's an movie. incredible movie. Watch it. You've got an hour and twenty. It's not like sitting down and watching the freaking pianist. I mean, come on. Yeah, it's not Take brutal. An hour and twenty six minutes. Nice and like, especially if you do, if you have kids, I think it's, it's probably the perfect like family movie. Like, because, I had actually. So I had said that I'd watch this with my dad, right? I had texted him sort of after we had finished the last show. And I was like, hey, do you remember the Iron Giant at all? He was like, yeah, we watched that with your grandmother. And I like back when it came out in theaters. And I remember really liking it. Yeah. Which is big for my dad because he's a big sort of anti-kids movies. Like you, you used to watch a lot of dumb movies when you were a kid. And I was like, yeah, probably. Yeah. 
I remember begging my kids to go, or my dad, my parents to go see the B movie. Well, I, I think a lot, <laughs> a lot of kids' movies that really try to cater to adults as well uh, are. I just feel a lot of time they're parts. I'm like, the kid can't be under really understanding what's going on if they're too young right now. Like sometimes yeah. they're a little bit advanced. This I think movie, what I found I really is that it's feel... often when it's dialogue heavy. Yeah, when it's dialogue heavy. Yeah, but I really do feel like this movie is good for literally any age yeah. I, like genuinely yeah it's not like seven-year-olds will be or like 10-year-olds will be the only ones that get this I, I i think i probably watch this really really young it's just it's awesome to look at as a kid like you like the iron giant like it's he's a really like memorable and like cool character for a kid and it's also a superhero movie really uh, so there's that. It is like, the definitive Superman well. movie, right? It is the best that. Superman movie. Yeah, it's easily the best Superman movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I think with that said, I think we're in spoilers now. Let's let's talk yeah. about this fancy little dream sequence that you got to watch, and I was yeah, so I was robbed of. Before yeah, so it happened. It occurs. There's a scene where, after they've been bonding for a little bit and becoming friends, they go to junkyard uh, uh they like they're looking for food and they come across the junkyard of what's that character's name dean yes yeah, dean is actually that's a yeah, good re- good recollection his name is i dean. didn't even look it up i just, I just couldn't forget it uh can remember it for a second but uh yeah they go to they f- find him which you there's i wanted to talk about the scene at the beginning of the movie where he meets this guy uh and the dude a squirrel goes up his pant leg and he's in a diner mm-hmm. and he just stands up proclaims to the entire diner that he's sorry for what's about to happen so he draws attention to himself and then flashes them <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he, that he was, pulls down his pants that was a bit of an odd scene in the beginning too it was too, weird where I, my the first note that i took in my phone said uh i can't believe this white man exposed himself in front of a crowd at the beginning uh <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah they go all, it doesn't mean anything uh, does it it doesn't like <laughs> that's just go, the introduction for his character which really is like weird <laughs> but uh it's like he's well like meaning but he still flashed himself to an entire restaurant of people yeah because later he's like that's the only experience he has with uh hog hug is <laughs> and then later when uh he he's talking to his mom who's the waitress at the diner and he's like yeah he's a good kid Oh, he just, all he did, you're just flirting. You're just saying what you need to say to get to, <laughs> to flirt get with the mom. You don't, all this kid did was send a squirrel up your trousers. Don't, don't say, he's, oh, he's a good kid. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> but they, they find him in his junkyard. He's like an artist who builds art uh, sculptures out of junk. And um, he's a he's a trash artist, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> he's a real garbage artist. Isn't he's he? a real garbage artist. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and he's like, you can come in. Like he invites the strange kid into his house. <laughs> Don't as a grown man who lives in a junkyard. Yeah. It's probably not a <laughs> good idea. By himself in a junkyard. But okay, they're now, now leading to the dream sequence. It happened uh, first. They uh. They're him and Hog, the Iron Giant and Hog Hog, are in the forest, <laughs> and they see a deer, and Iron Giant's fascinated. He tries to touch it with his little finger. Uh, actually, it's huge compared to the deer, which is weird because 
his entire hand was in Hog Hog's kitchen earlier in the Yeah, movie. that's true. <laughs> the size kind of is back and forth. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't have perfect scale. <laughs> um, and as there, it's like this beautiful, quiet, still moment with uh, the deer and the Iron Giant. And then you hear some like rustling and the deer starts to look around and then it's shot and killed by two hunters. Mm-hmm. This uh, this segment is probably my favorite part of the entire movie. Agreed. This, whole, like, this theme because this this like, segment is what sets this movie apart from so many other children slash family family movies. Yeah, it, it, it because it handles death like I've never seen uh, like kids movie do. A lot of the time in like if if death is handled in a kids movie, it's like it's incentive. It's an inciting action. It's usually the, it's like either revenge or like their parents died or like the kids. Yeah, it's, like it's either inciting or, or it's like that release of tension. Yeah, it's movie. it causes tension for the main character and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this movie, it's not necessarily about that. It's just it's more just like a beautiful treating where he has to teach the Iron Giant about what death is when he has um, no idea what death is himself. Yeah, when he's he's basically communicating what his mom told him. Yeah, which, it, like, without her even being in the scene, elevates her character. Yeah, as like a compassionate mom who's teaching her son about death, or maybe the dad died. Yeah, you could also take it that the dad died, and that's how he is somewhat well versed for a nine year old in the concept of yeah. death. Um, but he talks to the iron like. He the hunters like run away, and that's the first time the Iron Giant like sees a gun, and his eyes start to go red. Yeah, uh, kind of zeroes in on it. They go back to the junkyard and like lay down under the stars, and he basically explains death to the Iron Giant. He he talks about how it's everything dies. It's it's natural. It's not like a a failure. Mm-hmm. Um, and he and guns kill people, or guns kill things, and. uh and just sort of, sort of having this in-depth conversation about what death is in a family movie. Yeah, he's and, like, are you? And he's like, are, are you gonna die? Uh, die? And the kid's like, yeah, eventually. And then he's like, and then the Iron Giant's like, I don't know. It, well, they they, they get into whether or not obviously. the Iron Giant has a soul or not. Which is yeah, yeah, exactly. Which is so he's like, Can I die? And he's like, I don't know. He's like, you're metal, but you have emotions, which means you have a soul, and a soul can't die. It. it like it, it it goes on forever and ever and i like that it doesn't necessarily go into specific mm-hmm. religions it's just soul as yeah. a concept and that you in some form continue it's handled uh, so well it's handled so well and and you, that's what like, that's like what sets in my mind that's what sets bradbird apart from so many other family movie writers and whatnot is that like he goes there you know like you look yeah. at ratatouille or the incredibles as well and there's moments where, you know, like, and even in those movies, it's like, he goes there with it. Like, he will inspect the villain of Ratatouille to say, like, why is he this harsh person? Or in The Incredibles, to really have the villain win Yeah. in yeah. this family movie. Like, yeah. he's and not afraid to go there, and it works. Because... Yeah, to the point... Kids it's handled so well. Yeah, exactly. And it's handled so well that, like, I can imagine as as a parent, a lot of times when, you know, uh, you could be watching a film like this with your kids. I'm actually I'm going to start talking right here because I have I know exactly where you're going with this and I have a story to tell about it. 
Okay. So as like I remember as a kid, I think I was with my dad watching Tarzan. And I was right around the age of like four, maybe five, and I have this very vivid memory of spoiler alert for Tarzan, I guess. Uh Kerchak gets shot in the end, the main yeah, gorilla. Yeah. And he gets shot and he's like dying in Tarzan's arms. And I remember like looking at my dad and going, Dad, what's it like to die? And I have a very vivid memory of my dad looking at me and just sort of seeing the air exhale out of him to be like, <laughs> good Lord, I don't know how to answer this question. <laughs> like, my four-year-old just asked me what happens when we die, and I've got no clue myself. What do I say? And I can't, I can't remember what he said at all, but I just have that very distinct memory of me asking my dad watching a movie we talked about using death as a plot device, right? Yeah, right. And having that memory saying what happens when we die. Right. And Tarzan is great. And a lot of movies think death happens. And sometimes it tries to explain it, explains it in some way. And as a parent, it it could be possible that those scenes come up in the movie and you haven't yet had that conversation with your kid. So you want the movies to handle it in a, in a nice way, in a way that is uh, like, that isn't going to go against how you would explain it to them. Right. And it gives you context to sort of relate to the kid with where it's like, Oh, like, well, how X and X and Y died in this movie, it's because of this. And there isn't really an answer, but you just got to do, you just got to believe what you want and hope that the soul goes somewhere when you die, like stuff like that, you know? Right. And I think this movie, if like as a parent, like I'm not a parent, if I was a parent, I can imagine if this came up and it was the first time my kid had like, I hadn't had that talk with my kid. I think I would be okay with this being the introduction to right. death for the kid. Like it handles it very, very well. And I think more, more kids movies need to be mindful of the responsibility they have in like mm-hmm. being the introduction to a lot of these concepts. For When it handles it children. really well, because it handles it within the movie. Right. Yeah. It, um, no, I just think that was a really good outlet to tell that story because it's kind of funny looking back on it too. It was. That is that's <laughs> for Tarzan to be the yeah. So I we have have we talked about this deleted dream scene yet? Yeah, that was get, it happens right after that scene. Because I think I we're ten minutes into it. the spoiler discussion. Well, I needed to talk about yet. that. I need to talk about that death conversation. Yeah. Because it, I think you should probably at least try to watch that scene. I'm sure you can find it on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, because it adds. It, I think it. I, it well, the point of the scene is to out, say, taken out originally. sorry, but the point of the scene is the giant asking if he has a soul or not. And it's sort of just left up to like, I think you do because you can, you have emotions and that's sort of where the scene sort of takes off. Yeah. And he teaches them about guns and uh, like violence and stuff really. Yeah. And so then he, after that, Hog Hog goes home and the Iron Giant is like looking like up at the stars and he falls asleep. And then it's like this kind of montage of like you get like flashes of images and with overlaying dialogue of Hog Hug <laughs> some, uh, talking about. I'm know, sorry, I will always so, laugh when you say Hog Hug. <laughs> it's great. Anyway. We haven't even just said why we're calling him Hog Hug. Yeah, I don't think so. We're, if, if you've seen the movie, you know. If not, then that'll give you more reason to watch the movie. But yeah, that's handled so uh, like well. And then the dream sequence, it, it, it shows backstory for the Iron Giant himself. Mm-hmm. It shows... Uh, there's glimpses of his planet, which isn't in the movie in any other way. Uh, like, so it is that he comes that from like thing. an actual alien planet. Then, he's, it's it's them like he's dreaming about it. 
yeah, there it's a lot a lot of different robots like him. Mm-hmm. There it's like the silhouettes of them, and they're approaching like they're destroy they're like attacking a city. So you see that they're kind of made for war, and he gets that flash. And it also I'm kind of glad that wasn't in the movie in the main cut. To be honest with you, yeah, it did it. Yeah, it didn't need to be. It definitely didn't need to be. But I I don't I think it's handled pretty well. It's still. Yeah fits in the movie it still would have worked and i i haven't seen the original cut is well there's I'm, no scene where uh dean is watching his tv in his house and it's messing up no i don't think so so while he's having a dream it's interfering with dean's tv and dean can kind of see his dream on the television wow. uh, yeah i don't like, i don't know if i like that to be honest with you um maybe if i've already seen the movie i like that yeah. scene but I, because I have no memory of the movie, and I'm going to wholeheartedly spoil this right now, so really, if you haven't gotten out, get out. Uh, Timestamps for the, the generator. Uh, <clears throat> it was a total surprise to me when he turns into this full-fledged weapon at the end of the movie. Like, I thought that it was just like when he sees violence, he just, like, eye lasers it. And to see him just, the Iron Giant, rather, turn into this giant weapon of mass destruction completely I, it doesn't me. show that in the dream sequence. it doesn't it's just no i th- i'm but trying it still to shows exactly. that he's like from this race of sort of war creatures right yeah i guess i i kind of agree with you i i don't i i didn't watch it without it so i guess you're right i didn't have the experience and i didn't watch it with it so i don't have the experience with it so we're probably each going to say the version that we watched is the version that we like the most no, I I can completely. I think it would definitely would have been fine without it. It's not needed. Yeah, I I, I'm, um, I tend to lean on the side of less exposition is better for me. Uh, that or if it's it, it like the best exposition is, uh, you typically don't call it exposition, you know. Yeah. That, it, that just sounds a little to me that it's like it, it sounds like it was cut for good reason. I'm glad it's in there yeah, because I think it's a good thing to have retrospectively for people to be like, where did the giant come from? And then you have that scene. And you're like, oh, that's where the giant came from. But I think on a first watch, I think it, it's so much more shocking when you see him full fledged transform and show that he is this crafted weapon. Or yeah. it is this crafted weapon that is just meant to destroy. And it, it hits a lot harder, I think. Because yeah. it, it absolutely and, shocked me when that happened. Because <laughs> I was like, oh, it's just going to be him laser-eyeing things. Yeah, I guess it, it. what it does add a little bit to the movie is the. It, it adds to the theme of it doesn't matter, like, what you were, pre, what you think you're, like, predestined to be or what you were born mm-hmm. or how you were born. You, like, choose your own. It, it rejects the predestination life. even more. Yeah, re- rejecting what you were predetermined to do. Yeah. Um, it sort of drives I mean, that I, home more than the movie already does. Because the movie does drive it home relatively well, but I can see that the inclusion yeah. of that scene really driving that point home. He's, he's a gun with a soul that doesn't want to be a gun. Which is the premise um, of the movie, right? I, I think I read somewhere that the, Brad Bird got the inspiration for this movie because his sister, I think, got shot in some accident. It's sort I, of I just didn't a, read about it, but I, I know that it's based on something like kind of rough. Yeah, like, that that's like showing that like he wanted to write a story about a weapon that didn't want to be a weapon. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah. I guess the scene's not super necessary. Um, 
it'd be good to have. I, I would I would like to watch it. I think, but I'm glad I yeah. didn't watch it on my first. I guess my second run through of the movie. But yeah, so after the dream sequence, um, they there's the villain, the bad guy who's like an FBI. He's like he's the bad guy, the guy from Shape of Water. The sh- I didn't watch the Shape of oh, Water. Shape of Water is great. Oh, yeah, Shape of Water is yeah, just this movie, but a love story. I've seen the, I've seen the Shape of Water. You have? It's great. Yeah, he finds the so he finds this BB gun and it's broken. In in did the Iron Giant bite it? I can't remember. Why is it? Why is it destroyed? It broke. Or maybe it just got destroyed in the explosion, because the electric factory exploded. I think. Um, Correct us on Twitter and call us names if you know the. Yeah, call us. Call us. Call us mean names. Nothing worse. Call us nothing worse than dumb. I can't. I can't handle it right now. (laughs) I'll cry. Raw because of this movie. Uh, (laughs) I won't even take dummy. <laughs> he's harassing this kid uh because he's like suspicious because the gun that he found said says hog hug on it because it was broken and then he like visits them he's asking questions and then he realizes he's like, he's like gets in the car he's like wait a second hogarth Hughes and then he moves <laughs> in with them he buys out the room <laughs> he buys out their room their extra room and just like there there's a point he kid, he locks the kid in like a in their garage and like roofie no he not roofies them but uh like chloroforms he chloroforms, him. Him. <laughs> he chloroforms <laughs> a nine year old it's wild like, this guy's uh, really really the guy's real bad I'm also really glad that at the forty something minute mark that we finally explained why we've been calling this kid hog hug. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> Wait. so he's watching the kid as he sleeps to make sure that he doesn't escape. Right? Yeah, because <laughs> he's, he's in the you know, room opposite the hall. Just classic adult things: watching yeah. a child sleep. <laughs> he's in the room opposite the hall. Uh, he's watching him. They're like mad dogging each other, and then they both end up fa- like. Well, he falls asleep. The hog hug falls asleep. I, no, no, hog hug doesn't fall asleep. He no. pre- hog hog pretends to fall asleep. Right. Hog hug and then pretends to fall asleep first. The government dude i forget his name uh he 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 does fall asleep and then he's jolted awake and he sees like oh he's still laying there because he fell asleep with a helmet on and then he goes over and moves the covers and oh he's not there and then the mom walks in to this man standing (laughs) over her son's bed empty bed and just staring at it and she goes hey why is the government in our? Why why is the military in our yard? <laughs> Just calmly. <laughs> Not why are you staring at my why? son's bed? You creep. <laughs> yeah, she's way too willing. Like they, when he, as soon as he moves in, this stranger into their house, she's like, "You should, you guys should go out together and get to know each other." <laughs> oh yeah, I also forgot that the the kid also drugs the military man. Listen, oh yeah. He Does, puts X yeah, yeah, he puts laxatives. Yeah, he puts laxatives, puts laxatives in his milkshake. <laughs> this is like pure full-up chemical warfare between these two. Yeah. Uh, it's wild. <laughs> I, I forgot about that. I forgot that they were just like drugging each other. And, like, <laughs> it's just a prank, bro. Um, I think we can kind of yada yada at the end then. Yeah, well, I need to stop giving a synopsis because people have listened to yeah, it. Yeah, people know that. That's what, people know the movie. That's what I'm saying. Let's yada yada to the end. <laughs> yeah, good point. Yada yada. Um, 
I'll take the I'll, I'll I'll take the reins real quick. Yeah, you so, take the reins. I'm 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 a mess. The <laughs> the military <laughs> catches back up and fight, figures out the Iron Giant's real, and they just start full on attacking him, right? And then as a form of defense, the Iron Giant turns into this just full on war machine, which is incredibly well designed, uh, animation wise, and just starts the wiping out these military yeah. guys. And another way with the bad guy is just a total piece of crud, right? Is that the dean comes up to him he's like he's got the kid you can't come up to him and then bad guy's like oh okay and he tells the general he's like he killed a kid <laughs> yeah this guy is full on attack him human. with the kid in his hands the worst human they're like he's like nuke him yeah but they really make you feel no remorse for this guy at the, at the end they also they do a good job at like the stakes feel high yeah uh, like whenever because the guy calls in the nuke on like, the the bad guy, he steals like, the, the, the bad guy steals, steals the, the radio. Walkie. Yeah, because they're debating whether or not to shoot him because it's like this thing's just gonna wreck our world if we try to shoot him. Yeah, they want to get him far away first, but he's not yeah. really leaving yet. Um, and then he's gonna shoot, the, shoot, shoot. Yeah, the 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 bad guy, Hog Hog goes up to the Iron Giant. Uh, Iron Giant sees him and calms down. Yeah, and feel you amazing like animation and voice acting from like Vin Diesel. It all then, comes like, together in that moment. The entire You can movie. see so much remorse in such a simple character design's face that doesn't yeah. isn't that flexible. It can its eyes can move in like angles for like worry mm-hmm. and And it's, it's narratively built itself up to that point too. Yeah, and it's narratively, that you narratively built up. Why? Yeah. And he you can tell that he feels so bad about it all. And then bad guy steals the walkie, calls in the nuke, and they're like, What have you done? It's on his location, and where is he? And he was there. He's right next to him. <laughs> so it's going <laughs> to blow up this entire town. Um, and then you get this really great moment of all of them just sort of preparing for their death. Yeah, they're all like, um, okay. And they're like, oh, everyone's just looking up at the missile. and uh, Sort of capitalizing on that panic of just getting bombed in the 1950s. Yeah, as well. I mean, there's the, you can feel the paranoia of like, this yeah. is the time. Um, but... You can you continue with the reins because I can't and, handle yeah, it. Yeah, and and then yeah, <laughs> no, he, and all in all, Iron Giant decides to sacrifice himself and become the hero that he wants to be, and essentially become Superman by flying up and taking taking the bullet, essentially. With, and he gets what I did remember from this movie and is, uh, saves the entire town. Yeah, and what I did remember from the movie was I really like like just that scene is really emotional. I like teared yeah. up. Uh, it like he when he like kneels down and he's like, uh, I go, you f- you stay. Yeah, uh, you, you, you kind of get a little bit of wet eye during that. Uh, it's that and it's scene. repurposed. It's it's the fun thing where they repurpose. Like, uh, the Iron Giant wouldn't stop following Hog Hog home earlier in the movie. Uh, and he's like, No, you stay, I go. And uh, yeah, then the Iron Giant spends that. He's like, You stay, I go. And then he's like, Sad and uh. Iron Giant flies up, takes to uh, go like to like collide with the rocket in, which apparently missiles go into s- the edges of space when they're <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. Well, there's um, also no such thing as homing missiles in the 1950s, but we'll forego that. You know that and and the giant dies essentially, like gets exploded yeah. and then cut forward to how much later, and the giant becomes a hero at the town, right? Yeah, and. 
Hog Hug is a popular kid in school, and there's a lot of payoffs at the movie, and it feels like a well-earned ending. And this is what I'm gonna. This is where I, I really don't like the movie, uh, and it's in the very last scene. Uh, that that it's previously said that the, the giant can regenerate, and Hog Hug gets a piece of the giant, and then all of a sudden it starts moving, and it's implied that the giant is regenerating, and then you see it regenerating in Iceland. Yeah, and I also kind of didn't like that. Uh, and I realized, yeah, I don't think he a, had to. Uh, I agree. I don't. And it sort of makes me think that because it, it's not really in line with all, what a lot of the movie has said, that I really wonder if that was a studio decision. It definitely might have been. Because for sure. it's entirely dark, right? Like, I can see the studio, say, like any studio person or producer saying, like, you know, you can't have this ending with the main hero just dying. <laughs> like, or I guess they. They didn't know if it was, I guess they had a low budget, so they couldn't have had that much faith in the movie. Yeah, but there's it almost very little felt faith like in the movie. it almost it's felt like, like a studio wanted to set up for a sequel, but yeah, it, but the, also the studio didn't seem to have much faith in the movie because it didn't get a like, huge budget. Um, yeah, and but I can see this, it looking like that you can't have this family movie ending with the main hero dying. Yeah, even though the even though the theme still... of the movie leads it to be that sort of death is permanent in a way, so. To pull that rug out from the uh, the audience at the end, it's a little bit yeah disheartening. And yeah, and there's that whole yeah that that scene about death where he's like, yeah. uh, you but you have a soul and that lives on forever and stuff like that. When you die, you just come back to life. If he had me. stayed dead, that scene like <laughs> is reper yeah it it's it gives that scene so much more weight. And you also you go you think back to that scene because you're like. Yeah, it's, does he have a soul? He lived on in some way. It's what the movie teaches you. But no, he yeah. he lived on literally. As yeah, and, and it could have just been a bad decision, but to to me, it just kind of reeks of uh, studio decision. Yeah, but who knows? But I think that sort of wraps up our discussion of the Iron Giant, then, right? Yeah, I think so. I I just want to say, like, overall, like, I think the movie is like, it's really heartfelt. It's not. It's there's no like cynicism. It's just like, it's, it's real. And it's a great like story of friendship and, uh, you know, free will or just, the it's choice so rich. you can be who you want to be. It's, it's very, it's a very hearty movie. And I love the animation. I miss traditional animation because it, if you're just um, like animating CG a lot of the time, it, you have a, mo a player model uh, or like a, a 3D model and you just move the face to that often. But traditional animation allows for like this movie, the characters have so like such like their faces contort in the way that hand-drawn animation really only does. Yeah. And they have so much expression in every yeah. like on their faces and the little mannerisms that they do because of the traditional animation made the movie 10 times more charming and like enjoy and beautiful <laughs> like to watch visually Ian um, are you yeah, a fan of this movie? I love this movie I haven't gotten <laughs> that throughout the entire show Thanks. I thought maybe you hated it I was kind of worried up until now <laughs> man no I, you know what I do hate is in Ready Player One I know you didn't watch it but he yeah. comes back. Let's let's spoil so, let's spoil the crud out of Ready Player One. It's not really a spoiler. He's not spoilers. He's not a main character. It's not. A Can you give a spoiler anymore. for it just to just to really spite it? I don't remember. It. If there's a spoiler, <laughs> I don't remember. What I do I think remember. That's a spoiler in itself. What I do remember is being mad because this whole thing is like the Iron Giant's against violence, and he's like, 
it's the idea is that he's a gun with a soul who doesn't <laughs> want to be a gun. In, in his role in Ready Player One is they he he has guns on his arms and he's a, he's a weapon. He's a weapon. They don't understand the, what it's, the Iron Giant is. It's it's just reference culture. It's the I recognize it's, that culture. Like. Yeah, I, I I mean, did they not? Did the people who put decide to put him in that movie not watch the Iron Giant? It's just like literally goes so much against his character. It's yeah. so stupid. It's it, it's recognition culture. It's reference culture that references are just like, hey, I know that it has no, it, it doesn't care about the metatextual meaning of it. It's just saying the Iron Giants yeah. in this. Which, but but that movie is supposed to be about like understanding nerd yeah. culture and stuff. It's kind of funny that the Iron Giant gets thrown into. I think it gets thrown into eighties nostalgia movies a lot, and that's sort of what I kind of like attributed it to earlier. That it's like rejecting that and it's looking at the 50s the way that the 80s looked at the 50s but is more critical in a way that i think yeah. you see a lot of people that have those like they their favorite movies are et and back to the future and jaws that you'll often see them really liking the iron giant which i think is just yeah. an interesting point and it's no i'm not saying yeah anything one way or another i just think it's very interesting that it's sort of wiggled its way into this 80s nostalgic kind of movie from a, from a movie that's made in 1999 yeah, I see that. I think it's <gasps> cult classic in general. And yep. a lot of cult classics that are from the 80s for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think that covers it. Uh, I think that covers yeah. the discussion. Do you want to head into the, the generator? Let's do it. Let's see what the old 212-sided die's got for us. See what's next, I guess. <sighs> All right, well, if you're joining us... I'm scared. <laughs> if you're joining us from the pre-spoiler discussion... I hope you actually went back and watched The Iron Giant and actually listened to the rest of the discussion and you're actually joining us after the discussion. Ian! Yeah. Are you ready? I'm ready to figure out what the next movie we're watching. <laughs> Me too. Are you, uh, any uh, any predictions so that we can potentially get caught out for uh, rigging the entire thing? Um, oh, okay. Just like, what are the odds that I guess, right? Yeah, you um, know. Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to put my guess in for the cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Okay. I, I don't know why I saw that come up on the Criterion uh, Instagram earlier, and I was like, man, I want to watch that. I hope it comes up. Uh, if so we get these for right, if we ever get this, these two guesses right, uh, we end the podcast. Yeah, forever. no, it's, it's over. <laughs> <laughs> we're frauds. And realist, and if I had to choose a whole, I, I really think we're going to lose this coming week. Yeah, me too, unfortunately. I, 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 my prediction for a specific movie is Caligari, but I, I really am expecting a lose. Let's find out. Let's find out. Okay, so I am setting up the generator. Really just wish for the best. As I'm doing this, <clears throat> why don't you go ahead, subscribe to us on whatever platform you're listening to us on. Uh, give us a review somewhere. Like we've said before, if you leave a review for a movie that we're watching, we will read it. Uh, I think we're pro getting as many opinions as possible. That Really, if we see a dissenting opinion of a movie that we really love, throw it out there. We'll probably read it. Um, you can you can follow us at, at WinLoseWatch on Twitter. And I think that covers all of the shilling that I need to do. Do you have any other shills to make, Ian? Um, no. Check us right. out. Stay well, subscribed. give me the drum roll and I'll press the button. <gasps> boom, 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 boom. Dum, 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 dum.
And the number is number 78. Number 78 is the 2011 film by director Jeff Nichols. Oh, no. Take Shelter. Oh, no. I've never heard of that. I put that on the list. You have? (laughs) Well, it's from from one of our watch lists. Oh, no way. Okay. That means it's at least going to be all right. But... I, I don't recognize it either, so please watch list. <laughs> Take shelter. I'm looking it up right now. I'm seeing where this. Oh, it's actually on both of our watch lists. Oh, yeah, it is. Huh. No, yeah, I watched a video from Cinefix, I think. They do those really cool top ten videos where it's not just listing top tens. It's actually talking about different layers of the cinematic world. Yeah. And saying how different films... Uh, influence that and I, I remember take shelter being one of them and i put it on there i have no idea well, what it's about dude that's cool i'm excited to watch a movie that neither of us know really anything about and yeah it's apparently good because we have it on our watch list. yeah this is the first good movie I that neither or i guess we neither of us had seen the pianist either yeah but i don't remember but you knew more you had i at least knew a little bit Rosemary's about the pianist Baby, i knew yeah. nothing about this movie uh yeah, no, I, I, I don't either. I'm excited. Jeff Nichols, uh, what else has he done? Oh, he directed uh, Mud. Midnight Special is another one that I've seen. Or I've seen before, like, thought about seeing. Got Michael Shannon remember. is the lead, which we had referenced in this past show about uh, the bad guy in The Shape of Water. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I, I really like Michael Shannon. Yeah, he's in, uh, I like him in uh, Knives Out. I, I really like him in Knives Out, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, We're also a Ryan Johnson stand podcast, so unsubscribe from us if you, uh, that offends you. <laughs> we should have a last Jedi pod episode. We stand, we stand Hot Rod and we stand Ryan Johnson, and if you don't like that, don't listen. Pretty much. Or uh, keep listening. Actually, just kidding. That's a lie. But yeah, I've I have no recollection of ever adding this to my watch list. But I, yeah, I, I remember I mean, that it was on some Cinefix list, and I couldn't even tell you what it is. I'm it was pretty definitely excited. recommended. Well, uh, recommended to me, and it's got decent reviews, so I'm excited. Do we know anywhere that we can watch it off the top of our heads? No. Well, <laughs> it'll uh, be in be the sure. description, though. Yeah, be sure to check the show notes for the show, and we will have where you can watch Take Shelter from 2011. I really thought it was going to be a lose. <laughs> I'm I'm happy it's a win though. I, it's it's a watch list. Excited, it's uh, excited it to watch either. it. It's I'm, got an I average might. of a three point nine on Letterbox, so that's a good sign. Yeah. So. Uh, so yeah. Hope you watch it. We'll see you next show. Uh, stay safe. Stay healthy. And keep it rad. Hey, I love you. Hey, hog hug. I love you too, hog hug. Bye. Bye.